Love this podcast? Support this show through the ACAST supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hey, this is John Lee Dumas of EO Fire and welcome to Master Leadership. Great leaders ask great questions and this podcast takes you on a journey to master leadership with questions that matter to leaders who matter with your host, Lily Sinabria. Hi, this is Lily and today we have the honor of having Lori Kerner with us. What is education? The answer to that question should be as unique as every child. Lori is a passionate public education and child advocate. As a mother of four, Lori has seen both personally and professionally the changes that have transpired within our American education system. With nearly 30 years in education, Lori has had the good fortune of teaching every elementary grade level and spent the first 26 years of her career as a general education teacher. Throughout her journey, she has served in several positions, including adjunct professor of special education, coordinator, and principal for a public school program for at-risk students, and is currently the principal of Tremont Elementary School in the Patchogue Medford School District. Through research, theory, and practice, Lori has seen firsthand the difference that is made when physical, emotional, academic, and social growth opportunities are offered to children in schools. Each of these areas is equally important and should be established as such with no one area superseding another. Lori is currently working on her doctorate in educational leadership and looks forward to sharing this whole child approach to education and to making a difference across our nation. In a system filled with uncertainty and as a leader in education, Lori feels it is essential to maintain resiliency for what is in the best interest of all children. So welcome, Lori Kerner. How are you? I'm doing well, Lily. How are you? I'm doing fine. We are so happy to have you on our podcast. And as you know, this podcast takes us on a journey to master leadership. And we want to do that today by asking you key questions. So Lori, are you ready to pour into our listeners? I am absolutely ready. So Lori, can you tell us a bit about your path to leadership and what you're doing now? Okay. So my path to leadership began almost 30 years ago. What? Yes, I was. You um, look like you just started. (laughs) This is why we're friends. (laughs) Thank you. I started as an elementary school teacher in the Hicksville Public School District. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I was just barely 22 years old at that point. But through my career, I had the good blessing and the good fortune to be able to teach on every elementary grade level. Oh, wow. Yeah, that was a fantastic experience. And from that point, I became um, an adjunct professor of special education at SUNY Old Westbury and Dowling College. So I stayed at Dowling College for about 10 years, teaching teachers and administrators about children with special needs, which is a passion of mine. And then I realized that it was time for me to formally become a leader. So I went back to school again and I received my degree in educational administration and leadership. Wonderful. And so what are you doing now? So now I am the principal of Tremont Elementary School in the Patchogue Medford School District, uh, working alongside Michael Hines. The Michael Hines. The Dr. Michael Hines. (laughs) An innovator, a forward thinker, a visionary. 
And I know that you connect so well with him. That's really awesome. So Lori, would you describe your leadership style? Oh, my leadership style. So that's a powerful question because you like to believe that, you know, you have so many different types of leadership styles tied up into one. But the first things that pop into my head are servants, for sure, because we're here to serve the children, their families, our teachers. So definitely I consider myself a servant leader because that's my passion and that's what I do. But the word transformational comes to mind immediately as well, because as you mentioned, I am here in the Patrick Medford School District, and we are making a transformational change within our system. And it's been an exceptional experience to see how you know change can be made if that is a core value. So transformational in what way? Transformational in the way that we're here to motivate and inspire and to bring a love back to learning for our children and for our teachers. So just by shifting our vision, our mission, bringing our passion to life, we're able to change education. And I know that we'll probably speak about this later, but education has become something that we never really wanted it to be. We have seen children breaking down and teacher morale is at a low. So here in Patchogue, we're making that transformational change and we're seeing the results of our change. Well, thank you so much for that. Now, Lori, which quote or quotes about leadership speak to you and why? Well, like you, I'm a big John Maxwell fan. Are you? Yes, absolutely. I didn't know. (laughs) Yes, of course. He's inspirational in so many ways. So one of my favorite John Maxwell quotes is, you add value to people when you value them. And I tend to live by that mantra. You know, if you value people and you show them how much you value them, you get so much more from them, and then they can offer their students so much more as well, because happy people perform better. Right. I'm a big Simon Sinek fan. I don't know if you're familiar with Simon. You know, some people have crushes on him. Oh, well, I can see that. <laughs> but something he said really resonates with me, and I tend to keep that in my back pocket as well. He said, we become leaders the day we decide to help people grow and not numbers. Those two quotes are so connected, aren't they? Yes, they are, especially for me. It's personal and professional because I believe that we're here to grow children and not numbers. So what type of leader are you inspired by and why? I am most certainly inspired by leaders who lead by example. And that's why I'm happy to be here in the Patrick Medford School District. Dr. Hines definitely leads by example. I am hopeful that my staff and our students and our community members feel that I lead by example. You know, I'm out there with the teachers, rolling up my sleeves, teaching with them, assisting them in situations when they need assistance. Uh, So that's my inspiration. I believe that we need to lead by example and to be transparent and to be truthful and honest. And I can see that because when a leader doesn't lead by example, in other words, they stand in authority and they'll say, do as I say, not as I do. That's a horrible place to be. That's a boss, not a leader. Correct. All right. So, Lori, what's the best advice you've ever received? There's been a lot of advice. And I like to believe I'm an active listener and I take in everything because, you know, we're always learning and we're always growing. But I would say some of the best advice I have received through my life and through my career would be to be real, to be truthful, to be honest. And probably also someone told me once, 
don't react, respond. And I keep that with me every day, especially in what I do with children and teachers. I like to be responsive and not reactive. We get so much more when we think before we act. So I tend to live by that rule. That's not an easy thing to do. Not always. Not for someone like me. (laughs) I think for all of us, especially when things trigger us, right? Yes. What are some things that you do that help you through that process? It's funny that you ask that, Lily, because you know that we are working with children and our teachers to be more mindful Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. to practice breathing techniques and to kind of just slow everything down so that we can take so much more in. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I do. I tend to remind myself, okay, think about this. And it's okay to say to someone, I need to get back to you. I need to think about this. And when I'm clear, we can discuss whatever we need to discuss. I really do. I have to remind myself. And as the years go on, I think I'm getting a little better at it um, every day. At least I'm hopeful that I am. I'm getting feedback from the staff and they see that I'm responsive and not reactive. So that makes me really happy. Well, thank you so much for sharing that. And, you know, the advice that you have received about being real, you certainly do live that. Because one (laughs) of the things that jump out at me is how authentic you are. Thank you. Um, Awesome. All right. So as a principal, even as a teacher, and as you were going through your different levels of leadership, you've built teams or you've been a part of teams. So what does it mean to have a good team and how do you build or sustain one? I think we have to begin with trust. When I came to Patrick Medford last year, Mm -hmm. my goal was to just build trusting relationships. You can't do anything before people trust you. So in building the trusting relationships, people know what you're all about. They know what you bring to the table. They know that I'm not here to get anyone. I'm here to support and to build. So that's step number one for me. Following through with things that you say and things that you plan to do, that's also very important for me. I think people respect you when you follow through with what you say you're going to do. Mm -hmm. And making sure that everyone has a say making sure that everyone has a voice. I think that's also really important to build a strong team in the best interest of the children. Mm. I love this. And one of the things that really pulls at my heart is trust. This is the first thing you said about building a team. Why is trust so important? The goal is the children. Mm -hmm. The goal is what can we do for the children? How can we grow the children in all areas of their lives? That's the bottom line for us. So we, as the adults, We need to trust each other and we need to understand that we're a team and we're working together for the children. I just feel like if we don't trust each other, how can we help the children? And nothing gets done, right? Nothing gets done. And we need to lead by example. So we want the children to see the relationships that we're building as adults and we want to be models for them so that they then can learn how to build trusting relationships as well. And, you know, from my experience, it's something that is essential in leadership, but it's something, too, that you have to work on, right? And this is unfortunate, but there tends to be a lot of insecurity in the educational environment, and I think it's because a lot of times we're given leadership positions, but we're not really taught to reflect, to look at our own way of being. That's why I'm doing what I'm doing, and that's why these conversations are really, really important. And I think it's essential in this area to have a coach to help you through any insecurity, anything that is really tugging at your heart. Because as you become a leader and you continue to bring that baggage will not only affect your relationships, 
now it affects on a larger scale, correct? Absolutely. And you touched upon something, Lily, because you said being able to assist people. When I came here, I had already had 26 years in the elementary classroom. And so I think that people tended to trust me maybe a little sooner because I had those experiences. So anything that they were going through, I could say to them, I remember that. I experienced that. So let's discuss it together. Now that we both have that similar experience, maybe I can support you and give you some advice and we can work together and work through it. Mm -hmm. So having those experiences behind me, 26 years worth, I think that that assisted in the trust and bringing those experiences to the table. People tend to trust you when you know what they're going through. When you connect with them, right? Yeah, connect. And I used to think getting into administration later in my career was a negative, but now I see it completely opposite. It's such a positive to be able to have had all of that experience first and then come into this position. Sometimes when teachers go from teaching into administration, other teachers would say, oh, you're going to the dark side. And I remember that. They said to me, are you sure? And I said, I have to, because in order to make the change that I believed that we needed to make for the children and their teachers, I needed to come. And I don't think it's the dark side. I think it's quite a bright side. Right. But it's a perspective that I remember people having because, you know, leadership was looked upon in such a different way. And yet educators are probably the most important leaders in the building. I couldn't agree with you more. They're the practitioners. They're the experts. And we need to give them back their professionalism. We need to give them back that autonomy to teach children in the way that they've been trained. They're the experts. So I couldn't agree with you more. They're the most important leaders in the building, for sure. Laurie, thank you so much for that. That's so heartfelt. I mean, I can see your passion about that. That's awesome. So, Laurie, one of the things that I'm doing as I listen to my guests, I'm starting to write down characteristics of leadership that jump out at me. So I've written a couple of words down. Would you mind if I share them with you and our listeners? Sure. Okay. You are so authentic from the first time I met you. We connected your humility, your authenticity, your joy. You smile a lot, but it comes from inside. It's wonderful. You value others, which is as a leader, to me, essential. And it's clear you value others. Even in our interaction this morning with your tech support person, Dennis, I watched you and I watched how you valued him and he was so happy to serve you. Your transformational, yes, I see it. When I met you, you were so inviting. You were so open to possibilities. And that's transformational. You occur as someone who's very caring, thoughtful, passionate, and compassionate. So, so far, that's what I have on my list. I'll continue to add. Wow, thank you so much. You you touched my heart, Lily, and I I hope I can keep it together because you really validate everything that, you know, I'm hoping that I am able to share with other people. And I'm so happy that that's what you are receiving from me. I really am. So thank you very much. You're welcome. And thank you for what you do. Um, Now, Lori, can you tell us about a challenge that you've experienced and how it has shaped your life? So this is a heavy question because so many different things come to mind when you think of challenges because we've all had them, personally, professionally. I would have to say, and being real and being, you know, trusting, I'm going to share. I was divorced at quite a young age with two young children. 
And I think that was a turning point in my life where I realized that, you know, I am the mom of these young children and I need to make sure that I take good care, that I'm a successful role model for my children. That really did springboard me into thinking about my future and where I wanted to be and how I wanted to set the tone for them. Does that make sense? Of course, yes. So that brings up a couple of things. You know, as I listen to you and I listen to your journey, I added a couple of more things to my list. You're a really good listener. Thank you. Because even as I give you feedback, you stop and you really are leaning in. So that's something that I know is intentional, which is another thing that you are. Intentional about growing about understanding what your responsibility is. As leaders, we always need to ask that question. And that's something that I see in you, which is wonderful. And also, you're a visionary, because even back then, when this was happening, and it was such a a hard time, you thought of the future. You didn't Um, buckle. And I'm sure there were some hard times in this, some moments of struggle. But you thought of the future, and that really paved the way to what you're doing now. So I'm glad that you brought that up, too. Because you're right, there are struggles, but I believe, you know, we find our strength through our struggles. And at that point in my life, I said, what do I need to do to be strong? Mm -hmm. And I did, I studied something called the language of mastery, which is shifting your mindset and shifting your words and using positivity and positive affirmations. So that's the second part of the answer to your question Mm -hmm. that Mm -hmm. changed my life completely in that it taught me how powerful I am within my own self. And so I try to share that with other people. And I've actually brought that language of mastery here to Tremont. And it's spreading through Hatchog Medford as some of our other elementary principals are bringing that program in as well as professional development for their staff. Oh, I'm so interested. I'm intrigued by that. Let's talk more about yes. that. that <laughs> the language of mastery. changing Yeah, it taught me so much uh, about myself, and I want to be able to bring that to other people as well. Awesome. Lori, thank you so much for that. Now, can you tell us about one of your greatest successes? (laughs) The first thing, of course, Lily, that comes to mind are my children. I have four. They are my greatest successes. Awesome. And off of that, I can tell you that this right here, right now, the position that I'm honored to be in and to be, you know, the principal of Tremont Elementary. This is such a great success for me, just being able to support teachers and make change for children and to see them happy and wanting to come to school and loving learning. Not everyone loves learning. We understand that. But we can do everything in our power to assist children and (laughs) offer them that opportunity to love learning. So for me, I could stand up and dance right now. This is absolutely (laughs) my greatest success. Wow, that really warms my heart because I know that that school is in great hands. Thank you, Lily. So, Lori, what would you tell a new leader who's discouraged about their working climate or culture? I would tell them, change it. I hear people say a lot, I'm trying. There's a huge difference, Lily, between trying and doing. When we do, we're making a difference. When we try, we're not actually doing. Does that resonate with you? It sure does. So I would absolutely say change it. As a teacher, I wasn't happy with the things that were coming down from federal and states. And I became a change agent because I believed that 
what I knew as an expert was in the best interest of the children wasn't happening from the top. And so I made changes and I started to speak out about the changes that I knew definitively needed to be made. So I would offer that advice to anyone who was unhappy, you know, share your thoughts, share your expertise and make the change in the best interest of the children. To change it means that you have to grow courage, right? Mm-hmm. When people try and they don't move forward, it's about fear and fear can have a grip on us, right? So I love that. Paul Martinelli, who's one of my mentors and who's amazing, he says, just jump and grow your wings on the way down. Yeah, it's total sense to me. But I agree with you. I think that lack of change probably does come from fear. And I think a lot of teachers had been fearful to speak out because of maybe leadership or uh, repercussions that they were concerned about. But my advice to them at, at that point in my career was, it's your professional responsibility to protect the children. You know, we can't be fearful. We have to be confidence is key. I love that because it goes back to, as a leader, we ask, what is my responsibility here? And even though I'm fearful to say this, I'm going to go ahead and say it because some people are counting on me to be their voice. Yes. And those who know me, Lily, know that I'm not fearful to say what I believe in and what I stand by 100%. Thank you so much. Hello, leaders. Here's a quick message. As you know so well, effective leadership is about influence. So I've created a mastermind group based on Dr. John Maxwell's work, Becoming a Person of Influence. And beginning January 6th, we can continue to grow collectively and start 2018 strong. So gift yourself or someone on your team with this wonderful opportunity to connect with like-minded individuals and lay a strong foundation. Go to masterleadership.org for more details and easy registration. Many leaders describe themselves as lifelong learners. What does that mean to you and what are you learning now? The timing of this question is perfect because I am a lifelong learner and currently I am a doctoral student. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, St. John's University. Um, They have a hot pod campus and I am so thrilled to be learning more and growing more in this area of educational leadership. And I'm so excited to be able to share everything that I'm continuing to learn every day and looking forward to the future very, very much. I share with my staff that when we stop learning, we wither and die because I really believe in that. I think if we really feel like we know everything, then we've hit the ceiling and we need to step back and reevaluate. Every day, everything we do, every encounter that we have is a learning experience. Every mistake that we make is a learning and growing experience. That's what lifelong learning means to me. And I share that with my own children. They see Mommy's back in school again. Mommy's doing homework. I want to be a role model for them in that, yeah, we're always learning and we're always growing. And that's positive. Yeah, that's very positive. There's so many regulations and so much work that's thrown at us, right, that we can get stuck. And one of the reasons I created this podcast is because at the beginning I offered some mastermind groups to grow in our leadership for free, Lori. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Right? It was free. And although people were like, wow, this is great, but I don't have time to do that. 
that's well, great. But if it were only at this other time, and so it was never a convenient time. So I removed every excuse. And this is why I created the podcast, because growing and learning is so incredibly important, especially in education, because we influence the future. And so this is a passion project of mine. And I really appreciate how you're pouring into our listeners so that they can grow, so that they can listen as they work out, as they drive to and from work, as they cook, as they fold laundry, whatever it is that they do, it removes all the excuses for growth. So you pouring into us is extremely valuable. And I really appreciate that. Well, I have to thank you too, Lily, first for inviting me here today. It's such an honor really to be among some of my heroes in education that you have interviewed in the past. So I have to thank you for that. But I agree. Your idea of the podcast is brilliant because that is something that people say all the time. I don't have time. I don't have time. And you're actually offering them the best gift, gift of time to be able to listen and learn. And, and for me, you know, when I become stuck, I look for inspiration. And so listening to some of your past podcasts or listening to an audio book or just looking for inspirational quotes from some of my favorites, there's never a right time for anything and there's never enough time. But if it's a core value, then we find the time and we need to make the time. Yeah. Thank you. So this is a heavy question too. Oh boy. If there was something you could change in education in the U.S., what would that be? How much time do you have? Uh, we have plenty of time. <laughs> I have to laugh because I don't want to cry. You know, there's been so much change in education over the last 20 years, probably. When I saw young children having anxiety in school, and when I saw young, brilliant, bright children, happy children break down and cry because they were being tested and tested and over-tested, and, and when I saw some of my most talented colleagues start to consider early retirement, I realized that we needed change. We needed it sooner rather than later. And that's when I began to speak out without fear of any implications or repercussions about what I was seeing and what I was experiencing every day firsthand. I felt a responsibility that I could not allow this to continue. I mean, I'm only one person I know, but every person counts. And I found other people who were also sharing their voice, like Michael Hines and Joe Rella and David Gamberg and Stephen Cohen. And I was very fortunate in that we were able to come together and speak together and share the heartache that we were seeing and the disservice that was being done to children and teachers. And there's just so much. Right now, we are heavily involved in change. We believe that physical, emotional, academic, and social growth for children are all equally important. And we believe that less testing and more teaching is what children need. That's a real education. The definition of education, according to Webster, is an enlightening experience. And that's what we need for children and their teachers. And I keep saying and their teachers because I've seen so much, Lily. The teachers have a direct impact on their students. So we need happy teachers so that they can service their students in the best way that they know how. Mm -hmm. So I'd like to see a standards go away. I'd like to see five regions exams go away. I'd like us to be able to assess children through multiple measures, through performance-based assessments. Show me what you know. 
You know, mm-hmm. every child is so different and every learning style is so different. And it's our professional responsibility to assess them in the different ways that they learn. Mm-hmm. So I could spend three hours on this particular question. I won't, but so much passion, Lily, for making change. And I won't stop until I see that our children are receiving the education that they deserve. Lori, I know that this is a passion area for you. And I know that Patchogue Medford is very involved in PEAS, P-E-A-S. Can you tell us a little bit about that? I would be thrilled to. So in Patchogue Medford, under the leadership, obviously, of Mike and our very exceptionally supportive Board of Education, because you can't do it without them. But we have doubled recess. So our students at the elementary level have 40 minutes of recess every single day. And they have 40 minutes of lunch every single day. So it's an 80-minute block, Lily. And the returns on that shift have been so significant because they have that social time. And through that, they're learning cooperation, collaboration, language, empathy. So that's part of our P's. Outside of that, we have implemented structured and unstructured play for all students every day on every grade level. So at Tremont, we have established a discovery center with blocks and creative building materials. You know, in our society today, kids don't get that kind of time. Mm-hmm. You know, they're at school. We have that whole technology component. And when they get home, they're busy on the technology. So we're offering students that gift of playing together and learning from each other. So we've also established a tranquility and mindfulness room here at Tremont which has been so wonderful for the emotional growth of our students and our teachers. We see staff in there sometimes more often than our students. Was that introduced by Corey Mascaro? Corey will be working with us this year. I know that he's been working with Dr. Hines for the last few years, but it's something that I had seen a picture and I sent it to Mike and I said, So I, I you wanna... were the catalyst. Well, you know, you're only as good as your team. I love you. And they were <laughs> magnificent. No, I have to brag because they're the most wonderful passionate, dedicated people. And I know that they know that I say that from the bottom of my heart because you only have to share a vision with them and they are on it immediately. So our custodian, Mr. Butch Hayes, he emptied this closet space. I said, Butch, how do you feel about emptying this closet? And he said, how soon? And I said, could you get it done by the end of the week? And he did. And so the team was wonderful. So we emptied out the closet space. The staff donated diffusers and lighting and and it just became the most wonderful space in the building i have to go visit that space i hope that you will because it's magnificent and we're so proud because it's done so much for our students awesome and so what does p-e-a-s stand for so p is the physical component of every child's potential and growth so we offer our students outside of physical education we offer them brain breaks physical brain breaks So every 15, 20 minutes, every grade level, they're up, they're moving, they're releasing, so that when they come back for sustained instruction, they're more readily able to take in uh, that information. So that's P. And the recess and the play, of course. E is emotional. So we have some social-emotional learning activities. I don't want to say programs because they're not. We are working with our students through some emotional activities. We have Lion's Quest, which is a social-emotional activity, and we have... Stanford Harmony. So it's social stories and even through Socratic seminars, discussions, just learning from our students and allowing them to grow by sharing what's on their mind. So that's the E. 
A is academics, and through all of the other components and nurturing children in those areas, we've seen a natural academic progression take yes. place. And social is, you know, allowing them to socialize and lunch. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard children aren't allowed to get up during lunchtime in the cafeteria. We don't believe in that. We want them to get up and to speak to people that they don't spend most of their time with during the day. So it's just been a wonderful experience. And we have seen the impact of those shifts immediately. And I imagine the impact on the students, but how has the impact been on the teachers? So we had visitors from another district yesterday. We've had visitors over the last year and a half come through because they're reading about peas and they're hearing about our change. But we had visitors yesterday and they said, everyone's so happy here. <laughs> they said, how do you make, and I said, you know, together with, through the change, people are becoming happier. And, you know, when you are a teacher and you see morale so low, as a leader, one of your first goals is to boost morale and inspire. And I think together as a team, we've done that really well here. So, you know, happy teachers, happy children. <laughs> That's awesome. And so I've added to the list. Um, <laughs> courageous, because for you to speak out for things that you're passionate about and for any injustice or anything that you see that's out of kilter, you speak out and that's courageous. You're a really good communicator, Lori. You communicate your heart, your passion, and I'm sure the listeners, it's activating their hearts and influential. To me, leadership is about influence, nothing more, nothing less. That's another Maxwell quote. And I've seen it when we were at a meeting with Michael Hines. He was talking and he stopped and he looked at you and he knew you had something to say. And you're influential in such a positive way because your voice matters, Lori. Thank um, you. And so we're thrilled that you're part of the master leadership family. Thank <laughs> and you. Now, I know that you are an avid reader. What have you read that our listeners should read and why? Can you see the bookshelf behind me? I can. There's so many wonderful, good reads, valuable reads out there. I can share with you some of my favorites. I can share with you some that I have recommended to my staff. The Power of Our Words is one for sure. That's by Paula Denton. It basically shares how powerful the words we choose are. And how there's a way to say things, and there's a way to say things. Right, so right. when we make the right choices in our words, we not only build ourselves, but we build those around us. And for me, that's so important when working with children. There's a big difference in saying to a child, what's that picture of? I love your picture. Tell me about it. Total difference there. And the Total response is very different. Different response different emotional feeling for the child. One statement says, she doesn't know what I drew because I'm not good enough. And the other statement is, she loves my picture and she's interested in hearing what I have to say about it. Right. That's one of my favorites. Mm -hmm. Of course, I'm a big Ken Robinson fan, Sir Ken. So Creative Schools is one of my favorites. Diane Ravitch, The Death and Life of the Great American School System. So, you know, I can go on for hours because I am an avid reader and everything I read is about education because it is my passion. And so I enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Great. Thank you for that. I think this is a great question because 
I now have a list of books to read. <laughs> and I vet them through you guys because I want to read great books. You know, I don't want to waste my time. So this is really good input. Now, Add Lori, professional capital to your list. Yes. Professional capital. That's a, that's okay. a great one. Okay. <laughs> Put that okay. on your list. Professional capital. Okay. Yes. That's uh, Fullen and Hargraves. Thank you. You're welcome. Now, Lori, I know that you're intentional and you have a lot of responsibilities. What do you do on a daily basis to set your mind? I think it's really important to maintain balance in our lives. And so I make sure that I have some time during the day, whether it's very, very early in the morning, which it usually is, to go for a walk or have a little downtime, whether it's meditation time, quiet thought time, go to the gym, something for myself. Because I believe in the oxygen mask theory, you know, the oxygen mask story, you have to take care of yourself before you can take care of others. So um, I do try to make sure that every day I have, even if it's 10 minutes, uh, just time for myself to think and to recalibrate and to focus on my own energies. Great. Thank you. So, Lori, if you were to go back in time, what advice would you give the younger you about leadership? I would probably tell myself to be confident sooner rather than later. And what I mean by that is I think I always felt as a younger person, you know, you haven't arrived unless you're at a certain point in your career or you haven't arrived unless you're at a certain age. And I'm not really sure why I felt that way, but I would definitely tell myself, you know, go for it, be confident and do what you believe is in the best interest of the children and the system sooner rather than later. And maybe go for the leadership training sooner rather than later. But Again, as we spoke about before, in hindsight, the experience in the classroom is a benefit. So it worked out okay. Yeah, you did well. (laughs) Thank you. So, Lori, is there anything else you'd like to share with our listeners that we haven't touched on? I'm thrilled that we touched on peas, Lily, because it is something that I do want our listeners to know about. You know, we just won recognition for our innovation here in Patchad Medford from the New York State School Boards Association. So, yeah, I think... You know, I'd like to maybe leave the listeners, especially if they're educators, with maybe one piece of advice, which is something that we did touch on before. You know, it's okay to stand strong for what you know is best for children. And it's okay to share your thoughts on that with your building leader or your district leader and have that conversation. Because there is a way to share your voice and your expertise in a respectful manner and get the results that you're looking for for the children. You know, and even if it doesn't land now, it's still something that is our responsibility to do, whether now or later, it does have an effect. So I appreciate that. That's really great advice. Lori, I want to thank you so much for adding value to me and to our listeners. Thank you, Lily. It has been a fantastic experience and I'm so grateful for the honor and I'm looking forward to speaking with you more and in seeing changes that we're making for children. Great. I love what you're doing. Keep it up. Thank you you so much. Hello, leaders. In closing, here's a quick message. Coaching is the art of influence that underpins leadership in the 21st century. It is the very thing that can get you from being stuck to being extraordinary. So go to masterleadership.org and sign up to get a free coaching session. Until next time, continue to ignite that leader in you.